Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, one that Stephanie and I have even guested on called Love to See It. It's a smart and progressive, snarky, but affectionate dissection of reality dating shows and what they say about all of us. Culture writers Emma Gray and Claire Fallon recap shows like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and beyond. And also, guys, they break down every episode in obsessive detail. And they unpack all the weird messages pop culture sends to us about love, sex, and dating. Listen to Love to See It wherever you get your podcasts. Come at me. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons. We are just happy you're here. So join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. Okay, so we're going to kick off Creep, and I feel obligated to start this episode with this viral video from TikTok that you guys have sent me and Jackie like 5,000 times. It's this guy. His name is Jake. He put out a video on TikTok where basically he said, Here I am eating Chipotle, minding my own goddamn business, seeing a Bachelor ad. Come on, I don't watch The Bachelor. And I said, Self, he looks familiar. And then it hit me. That's the same guy who buried back my then-girlfriend in the corner of the couch, and I had to walk in and see that. And now he's on The Bachelor on live TV. Small world. Small fucking world. I should also add, too, this TikTok, I think, has since been deleted. We obviously have the screen recording and everything, but um, I think he deleted it. So there was clearly some tea going on. Oh, maybe he's like sick of people like me reaching out and being like, hi, I need to ask you a few questions. He <laughs> actually answered some of my questions. So we have exclusive from Jake, the TikTok guy, how he feels about Clayton. <laughs> Jake, the TikTok. Isn't his TikTok name like that guy, Jake, or something too? So the fact that we're like, Jake, the TikTok guy. Oh, you mean that guy, Jake? That guy. That guy, Jake21. Go throw him a follow. You're not going to see the video. I'm going to replay the video on She's All Batch. So go follow She's All Batch instead. So I said, any chance you're interested in elaborating on your Clayton story? He said, hell, what makes it more of a story is the now obvious girlfriend. Clayton just happened to be there. Can't blame a guy for cutting a slice. Old son probably didn't even know. So I go... Okay, wait, so many thoughts. <laughs> like, first of all, that was my initial reaction when this video was sent to me 5,000 times. Why was everyone blaming Clayton? Like, what about the girl getting barebacked on the corner of the couch? Can you explain what barebacked means, please? Sure, I'd love to. I wasn't there when Clayton right. was barebacking said girl. Yeah. However, I am inclined to believe he was barebacked and probably thrusting her in the corner of his couch. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so it's referring to Clayton's bare back. I'm assuming, I'm assuming, you know. Okay, is that a normal phrase that people say? I'm gonna start. Okay. I'm going to start. Um, so moving back to the conversation, I said, wait, what do you mean by the obvious ex? Who's the ex? I thought he was referring to someone like we would have known. He said, as in we're not together anymore after that. Oh, well, right. it gets worse. And the fact <laughs> that her fiance, fiance got moved to Missouri, which is why she came to Missouri in the first place, but failed to tell me she was engaged, along with being a travel nurse. He had no clue that either. He goes, survey says that was a lie. Oh my which, God. Which is combining two phrases, I think. Like survey says is family feud. And isn't that was a lie like um, 
Jerry Springer or Maury. Oh, that one? I don't know. I know the um, survey says. Yeah, survey says it's family feud, and that was a lie is, uh, yeah, it's the lie detector test from, like, Maury or Jerry Springer, and they're like, you said that you didn't sleep with Carol, and lie detector says that was a lie. (laughs) Yeah, so he's kind of combining two phrases here, but we're not going to knock this guy. He's been through enough. Um, So, yeah, so she had a fiancé. She had that guy, Jake, and she Mm -hmm. had Bareback and Clayton, all at the same wow. time. And she was a travel nurse, which was important to add. All these people with these facts sometimes being like, oh, and by the way, here's an <laughs> irrelevant fact. She also likes the color green. Um, right. <laughs> I said, I noticed you're several years younger than Clayton. How old was the girl and what year did this take place? Because that was concerning to mm-hmm. me. Um, because this guy has 22 on his TikTok or 21. And Clayton's 28. And if this was a couple years ago... How old is this girl that Clayton's barebacking? He mm-hmm. said, I was 21, she was 27, 28. And okay. the, hell, that was last late February, early March last year, so I would have been 22. Oh, so he's 22. So this girl's more in Clayton's age range than Jake's. Got it. So I said, wait, so bareback girl had a fiancé and cheated on him with you and Clayton? He said... She had a fiancé and would come see me on the weekends when I wasn't working. Then after a couple of months, I got a call from the fiancé, but she convinced me she had ended it with him and wanted to be with me. About four to five months later, and living with each other, the Clayton thing happened. Dang. Okay, well, clearly this girl is a cheater. Um, I guess, you know, like he said, I guess you can't really knock Clayton if he didn't know the whole situation. I would just love to be a fly in the wall to see how that whole encounter went down of like, okay, so now this girl is living with Chipotle guy Mm -hmm. and what, Clayton just knocks on her door and then they start barebacking in the house that she lives in with this boyfriend? Unfortunately, I think I overstayed my welcome with all of my questions and he stopped talking to me, (laughs) but I got a lot out of him that I think that we can really use to kind of further paint the picture. I think too, the bigger thing for me is that like, I feel like maybe we have an unfair view of Clayton, but to me, I'm like, this just paints Clayton as more of like a real person because in my mind, he's just like innocent little Clayton who cries over letters and like is endearing and now I'm like oh Clayton is a man who has sex this well, is brand new information even though we know he clearly has a lot of sex yeah, at the end wait of this a second. season okay but I don't see him in that way How I see you? him as a little like puppy sad boy Clayton not as sad as Greg but you know you get the essence. Have you ever heard of the, the app TikTok? Have you ever opened it? If you yes. one scroll of the old talk and you'll realize that Clayton <laughs> has fucked 95% of Missouri. <laughs> okay, you're on TikTok, I think, way more than me. Can you elaborate yes, on that? Yes, I, I would love to. Well, last episode, I even said, like, there is so much tea being dished about Clayton and Bachelor in general that, like, you guys need to submit your stories for Bachelor encounters. These are so good. But, I mean, the comments on this Jake video, it's like, I saw Clayton in a McDonald's and we fucked in the parking lot. That's that's made up. But like people in the comments will just be come out of the woodwork saying like, I fucked Clayton too. Like who hasn't <laughs> fucked Clayton? So. Well, he's from a very small town. So like clearly. He needs things to do. Well, yeah. And I'm like, he is not not an attractive guy. And so being from such a small town where there's very few options, I think it's just kind of like you're going to fuck a lot. If you're kind of hot and in a small town. That's why he had to go to TV because he's fucked every single person. In Eureka, in, Missouri. Yeah. 
Okay, moving on. Is Riley trolling Bachelor Nation? Like, he obviously knows that everyone's talking about whether or not he and Marissa are still together. And on Sunday, he tweeted, Happy Sunday. And if you guys remember, he had that whole thing about Sunday morning with Marissa on Paradise. So everyone's like, well, if he's writing Happy Sunday, like, does this mean that he has his Sunday morning in bed eating breakfast with Marissa again? One can only hope. Meanwhile, Marissa is continuing to delete photos. So if you listened last week, I pointed out she had that people photo that I mm-hmm. assumed was up because legally she had to because of a contract right. or something. That one's gone. So wow, that one's gone. She has one left. And I think... Is it from the show, the one that's left? Yes, but I think we have a little bit of hope that they may not end for good because I'll just uh, pull it up and get the exact caption. But there's one photo left of her and Riley on her page, and it's a photo of them from their first date in paradise. It went up August 24th, 2021. The caption is best first date ever minus the food. I mean, I think if you're going to go out and delete every single photo of your ex, why wouldn't you delete the one from your first date where you're saying it's the best first date ever? Right. I also am like, if you're going to delete a whole Because, okay, now that we are learning that she's deleted the people one, our theory from last time doesn't make as much sense. Okay, clearly there wasn't a contract that was making her have to keep it up. She probably just liked the photo. Why leave that one? Because it's professional. If they had a professional photographer, she probably just liked the photo. And then she's like, all right, look, if I'm deleting all of them, that one's got to go too. I guess. Yeah, I wish I could just get into her head to know for sure. It's like, why would you delete 90% of them, leave a few, and then like a week later, delete the other ones? Also, though, Marissa seems to be joining in on the trolling because she made an Instagram story on Sunday and wrote, happy Sunday. She just took a picture of her TV. Mm Mm-hmm. And wrote happy Sunday. And sorry, Riley, Riley's tweet was happy Sunday morning. That's even worse. Like, we, Sunday morning right. is no, like it's, the it's phrase. It's definitely a clear reference to their relationship. I kind of wish at this point, like, they would just take this privately. <laughs> like, just announce your fucking breakup and move on. I don't know if they're even necessarily trolling us, but they're like trolling each other and like I feel like Riley said that be like happy Sunday morning like Marissa I'm not with you and it's Sunday morning and then Marissa's like yeah well I'm happy on Sunday morning too you know what I mean I feel like they're like bickering back and forth via their insta stories yeah like I take it as like Riley's was to kind of like get people talking and then Marissa's was to Riley like yeah I'm still happy you know yeah because she's not happy She also liked on Instagram, move in together. It speeds up the breakup process. Follow me for more relationship advice. It's just like a little, um, what what do you even call those? Like word images? You know what I'm talking about? It's not a meme, but it's like just text. Yeah, it's it's like a, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like on Instagram. So move in together, it speeds up the breakup process. Like they are broken up. I wouldn't go liking that. The only people that like that Just moved in with someone and broke up. And broke up, right. Right, you don't like that if you are happily in a relationship with someone that you just moved in with. So... If Jake Chipotle guy can teach us anything, you don't move in with someone because then they're going to bear back someone in the corner of the couch. Maybe that's what Riley Nothing is sacred, people. Nothing is sacred. Um, Yeah, I just... I wish they would just announce it and get it over with. Do they think that maybe there's like hope of reconciling, which is why they're not announcing it? Or do they think they like to monetize the engagement that they're getting now of all of us all over their Instagram pages trying to figure out what's going on? Well, I don't think they're monetizing though, to be honest. Like Marissa hasn't posted on her feed since January 7th. That's my birthday. Like, so that's (laughs) 
That's a long, that's over. Yeah, but they're still getting like engagement. That story of Sunday morning probably got more views than most of her stories have gotten. I think they're broken up. I think they're not announcing because I think it's hard. And when you're in a breakup, like, sure. y- there's a level of embarrassment. No, I do get that. Yeah. And, like, they were engaged. And maybe they are trying to take time apart and then potentially work things out. I want to make it clear, like, we want them to work it out. You know, yeah. we really like them on Paradise. Again, we record a couple days early, so we hope that by the time this drops, they don't announce their breakup. So hold out for a couple more days, guys. Moving on. Have you seen this one that Katie and John, as in John Hershey, um, hung out with Michael A. on vacation? So they were in Mexico. There were videos that were posted to Instagram, and it's Katie and John Hershey and Michael A. And also Andrew M., but I don't know if many people will remember Andrew M. um, Mm -hmm. from Katie's season. But obviously the, the crazy part is Michael A. So thoughts? Um, I think it's very, very weird, especially considering um, Katie's 12 Days of Messy for Michael A. was Almost Due, the song by Taylor Swift, which is basically a song that's just like, I think about reaching out all the time and I almost do, but I don't. So leading us to think that there are some lingering feelings there. I guess this was like six days before she announced her relationship with John Hershey. So maybe in those six days, (laughs) she got everything like cleared up. But now they're all hanging in Mexico together. I don't know. I feel like my initial reaction was this is very fucking weird. But then at the same time, I feel like we see a lot of people from this franchise who had close relationships on a show hang out shortly after because they can kind of separate. Hey, that was a show. And now we're just like, we had a weird experience. And in real life, we can be friends more quickly. Two things. One, that pisses me off because it just highlights how fake the show is. The fact that I've I've said this before, like a friend of the show, Ben, how he'd be like, um, I'm in love with Jojo and Lauren. And then the second Jojo goes home, he's like, my heart belongs to Lauren. How is it so easy to just completely forget about these relationships? Or they're lying. I don't know. I think in the Ben case, I think he's lying. I think it's just like to give Lauren more security in the relationship, he has to pretend like Jojo meant nothing to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, anyway. Two, I think I hear you that a lot of people end up hanging out with people they they dated on the show, but Mm -hmm. I think it's Michael A. and I think it's different. I think his relationship with Katie was different. And I am the first person to call out that um, you could hang out with people from your season and it shouldn't be weird because you spent all of three minutes with them. But with Michael A., I feel like their connection was so deep and it trailed off after the season. Like even when she was with Blake, remember there was like headlines about he would be like flirting on her social media there was a picture of her in lingerie and he's like, what I would love to do or something something yeah. to that. He was very much making it seem like if she would have him, he would have gone back to her for a period of time. Then right. the 12 Days of Bessie, yeah, like he got probably the most memorable shout out because Greg wasn't in it. So he was pretty much next to get yeah. the most memorable shout out. And I almost do, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't I mean, be comfortable and you know, with- maybe- Maybe they've moved on now? Well, they have to. Yeah, they definitely moved on. They definitely moved on, but I think, like, it's weird. That's just my formal opinion. It's weird. I don't care, though. Like, go hang out with Michael A. I'm sure he's a blast to hang out with in Mexico. Um, But I don't know how comfortable I would be as John Hershey, but he seems like a really secure guy, so he probably doesn't give a shit. Yeah, it, it seems to me that John Hershey does not give a shit it's more so I give a shit I'm like wait guys this is weird also to note too Katie so Justin takes the batch is the person who posted a compilation of 
videos and photos of them hanging out in Mexico, John Hershey, Michael I, Katie, and Katie commented on it saying, just a bunch of us who survived something ridiculous with like the happy crying emoji, which I just think gives more insight to maybe where her head's at regarding that too Michael A thing that goes back to my first point of like when you're in it you're so serious it's the whole world like you're crying you're sobbing on the bathroom floor with Mm -hmm. Caitlin Bristow outside the door and then like the second the cameras stop rolling it's like oh my god that was so crazy it's just weird to me I do kind of see how that could happen though because I think you just get in you have no phone you have no tv all you have to talk to our producers who we know do not have your best interest at heart I just think it's so easy to get swept up in that and then you come out of it and you're like that was weird what the fuck was I even thinking yeah you know I don't know maybe one day I'll go on the show and I'll let you know yeah, can you? Report back. Do it for the pod. Oh, it's my dream. The, I feel like now that we have this podcast, they'd never pick me. I've said, well, yeah, they're not going to pick you, Jackie. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're going to be like, you exposed every secret Unless they want, I've thought about this. Unless they wanted to have like a night one drama of like, this girl has <laughs> she a bachelor has a podcast. podcast. She knows everything about all of us. That's but then Jackie I get Maroney from the She's All Batch podcast. Yeah. Don't trust her. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I think your chances are pretty much shot to shit. But um, but yeah, where were we going with that? <laughs> um, w- w- to sum up, it's fucking weird. And moving on. Sure. Okay. There seems to be more information that Chris Bukowski may be dating slash hooking up with Anna Redman from the Entertaining Men for Money Girl from Matt season. So in episode nine of the She's All Batch podcast titled God Bless Jed's Mess, we had a bachelor encounter where someone submitted where they flat out saw Chris yeah. and Anna making out at a piano bar. And mm-hmm. it was funny because they were apparently like making out right next to the piano. You couldn't miss them. And there seems to be more information trickling out that they are definitely okay. a couple. So, one, I saw one thing in real time and didn't even realize it may have been something, but Chris took to his Instagram story and wrote, took my date to a nice seafood restaurant and she ordered lobster mac and cheese without the lobster for her entree. And then it was a poll and you either, and you could vote run or stay. So I obviously said run and then said, what the fuck? So uh, we had a listener, Sam, who then also sent me that Anna Redman posted an Instagram story of herself also asking a poll to her followers about a weird date she was on. I don't quite remember what the poll was, but it was something similar to Chris's. Like, this weird thing happened to me on this date. What do I do? And she's like kind of making a face at the camera. And given that they're both from Chicago, given that we have proof that they actually were spotted making out, and they Mm -hmm. both are posting on the same night that they had weird date experiences what do you think? I think the proof is in the pudding, people, at, or in the lobster mac and cheese, and I think they're <laughs> dating. The proof is in the lobster mac and cheese. Or, sorry, lobster mac and cheese hold the lobster. Exactly. Yeah. Which, I, in my opinion, I'm like, the only reason why that would be acceptable behavior is if they have a seafood allergy. Otherwise, what is wrong with you? Like, you can order lobster mac and cheese without the lobster if you're allergic to lobster. That, to me, is a valid reason. <laughs> oh, but I should add that the next slide of Chris Bukowski's thing said she picked the restaurant. So she, yeah, but I don't but know. But she picked the seafood restaurant, ordered lobster mac and cheese without the lobster. Why did you even go to a seafood restaurant? Maybe she really likes the mac and cheese. Oh, that's true. Maybe the mac and cheese is that good at the seafood restaurant that it's not worth yeah. going elsewhere. I hear that. Or the vibes. I don't know. Maybe there was a nice view at the restaurant. Who knows? Right. Well, you guys tell us, would you run if your date ordered lobster mac and cheese sans lobster? Let us know. I think I would. 
even if they were allergic and had a valid reason. I can't date someone who's not down to eat seafood with me. Can I also point out, would you really be ordering mac and cheese if it was your first date? I wouldn't. I'm sure this is, I think the proof is in the mac and cheese here that- That they've been dating for a while. Yeah, yeah. because I don't think you order a bowl of mac and cheese. Like maybe I'm, I'm sure people are gonna push back on this and say, you should be able to eat whatever you want and you should. I hear you. However, I don't think it's typical that you would order a bowl of mac and cheese that used to have lobster in it. Do they take the lobster out after and it just has like the lobster taste? I hope not. No, I think they maybe (laughs) just don't sprinkle it on before they like bake it. But that's assuming it's a baked mac and cheese. There's truly no way to know. Yeah, Chris, can you please tell us the restaurant (laughs) so we can go look into the logistics of this? But yes, I, I kind of get what you're saying. I mean, like, I guess there's always a time and a place for a mac and cheese. We're not here to judge, but... I would assume if it was me, I'd probably not be ordering a bowl of noodles and cheese on. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, so I think the proof, you're right. They're dating. They're probably getting married. Whoa. Okay. That, that was a big jump. <laughs> <laughs> They've been on five dates. They're comfortable with each other too. They're literally yeah. getting married. Has anyone seen them in the Chicago area? Please mm-hmm. go to Cheese All Batch and DM us and tell us some tea if you have it. Yes. I find them to be an unusual couple. I don't know. Is this weird to you? Them as a pair? To me, I wouldn't pluck them as a likely pairing, but who knows? I would never pluck them, but I feel like Chris has the potential to date anybody. And Anna's very beautiful, and she She seems like a great girl, and I don't think she got the credit she deserves on that season, given the storyline that she was wrapped up in. Um, yeah. So I think they actually make a really cute couple. And I think this whole, like, poll thing, they're kind of trying to, like, that's like social media flirting a little bit. They're trying mm-hmm. to poke each other a little bit. Totally, totally. Okay, editor's note, adding this in. After recording, because I got confirmation of what Anna Redmond's story was, she basically put up a story saying that her date was eating French onion soup with his hands and she wasn't sure what she should do. Listener also just sent me Chris Bukowski's stories where he's seen playing darts at a bar. And if you go to Anna Redmond's Instagram feed, she is posing in front of the exact same dartboard. So this is confirmation. They are hanging out. I don't know if it's serious or what it is, but they're worth keeping an eye on. Okay, so this one is a stretch, but any little glimmer of hope in this situation makes me happy. So Tasha's most recent Instagram post, it was it was a post about like a cocktail recipe and had had a mocktail option. It was just her like cutting up a blood orange and Zach liked it. The only photos that Zach has liked since the breakup announcement have been one post with her and Michelle and it was like a whole series of photos about the show and one other one that was a New Year's post. But any other post of just like Tasha doing her thing, he has not been engaging with since the breakup announcement. I know well, this first, is a stretch, guys. I no, know I'm being I, crazy. But. I actually don't think it is, and I was just going to say good creeping because this is the type of content that I'm here for because it is good to know that he hasn't liked anything recently, but he just liked this past one. What does that mean? Right. What does it, what does it mean? Especially because I think he... I don't know, this is a huge assumption, but I think in breakups, especially if it's not like super nasty, if you just like broke up, if your ex is going to like a 
one of your photos randomly, it's going to be one of like you being kind of hot. It's not going to be you cutting up an orange. Yes. You know, is that like too, too specific and too crazy? I don't know. No, it's no, I actually agree with you. And if we know anything from these bachelor people, they are very strategic with what they do on social media. Yes. I don't think he's just haphazardly liking Tasha's video, not thinking he's not it's just going. casually double tapping. Right. Exactly. exactly. So it means something, but what does it mean is the question. We'll have to wait and see and dig in a little bit more. But yeah, I I don't think people are just doing things just to do it on social media. They clearly have meaning, but what does it mean? Right. What does it mean? (laughs) What does it mean? That's like one of my favorite sounds on TikTok. Uh, I wish I knew. I want them to get back together. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I wish I knew the sound. I'm like, Jackie, you have to watch oh, no, TikTok I know more. That. No, no, okay. no. I, okay, I watch TikTok enough to know that. We can't put that sound We can't put that sound in, right? We might get copyrighted. Really? Well, it's not like um, a recording. It's like her singing live. It could be funny anytime know. we were confused about something. We just put in, what does it mean? <laughs> oh, man, I hate that. All right, just do me singing. It's fine. Um, I think you really did it justice. I think... They will think it's the real recording. Right. It was just like when you sang Taylor Swift. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, definitely worth keeping an eye on. We'll go from there. Okay. So, Ashley Iaconetti and Jared Haben are announcing their baby boy's name via Amazon Live. And so, obviously, you guys know, we record this a little bit before it's released, obviously. So, the Amazon Live is happening later today. Um, So, we don't even actually know the baby's name, but that, to me, is not the fucking point of this story. To me, I just think this is... I I don't know if I should be horrified or impressed, but this is insane to me. Also, hello, it is Jackie from the future, and I wanted to let you guys know, in case you were super, super curious and didn't want to Google, Ashley and Jared's baby's name is going to be Dawson Dimitri Haven, and they were very clear that it's not Dawson as in Dawson's Creek, it's Dawson as in Jack Dawson from Titanic. Okay, back to our scheduled programming. Like, this poor child, this poor child isn't even born yet and is already getting, like, shilled the fuck out for profits. Yeah, I, I'm torn. Um, after talking to Ben, I'm like, I don't know, can I knock them for that? But like the true Stephanie inside is saying, what the fuck? That just seems so weird. And like, I guess like this is their job. So like to pass right. up an opportunity to make this type of money, I'm sure they're making a ton. They're like, why would I pass up? Like, let's say it is five grand, 10 grand. It's probably more. I have no clue. But like, would you pass it up? I wouldn't. So I can't really blame them, but it's like, I hear you because is anything sacred with them? Is there anything that's <laughs> not for a profit? They documented their um, fertility journey and then shilled out fertility products and they documented morning sickness and then shilled out morning sickness products. Like they just are, but is that a bad thing? I don't know because on one hand, obviously, like you said, we don't know how much money they're getting, but like if it was, I'm just throwing out a random number, we don't know this, but if it was like $10,000, to me, Jackie, right now, $10,000 is a lot of money to turn down for something that's seemingly so easy and so simple. But I also want to bring up the fact that like Ashley and Jared have way more money than measly old me. However much money they are getting 
when you're already pretty secure is less significant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're already bringing in a lot of money from a lot of different ways. So it's just like, it doesn't have the same weight as it would to maybe someone off the street being like, no, I wouldn't turn down $10,000 or whatever it is. Maybe it's more, but also I saw in the comments, people were like, maybe they're doing this to avoid it getting leaked because people could just start spreading rumors. Obviously they told people in their real lives, like their families or friends yeah. or whoever, and they don't want it getting out. Yeah, but so, what what happens if it gets out? Like, yeah, like what's, who, what's the issue? Some random stranger that they don't know is gonna like steal their baby name. You know what's odd? Had they not posted this, I would never have like thought to myself, hmm, I wonder what Ashley and Jared are gonna name the baby. That's never crossed my mind. So, and it's not making me want to watch Amazon Live. I'm sorry, Amazon, but like, I'm just going to Google it after they go on Amazon Live and see what the baby's name is. Because they did this before. They announced something else on Amazon Live. And I'm like, what the fuck is Amazon Live? I don't use that. I use Amazon all the time, but like live, what is it? I'm sure they, Amazon Live thinks they hit a home run that everyone's dying to go find out this name, but like, I don't care enough to sit there and wait for them to tell us. It's like the ball dropping at, at fucking midnight on New Year's Eve. It's cool. I'll just Google it later. Again, after, you know, chatting with friend of the show, Ben Higgins, I'm like, I don't know. Would you turn down the opportunity to make a buck? Okay, but Ben was saying that in reference to dressing up as Santa, not as like exploiting their unborn child on the internet for money. Those are different things. At least they're not like Ari and Lauren yet. But like Ari and oh, Lauren. Oh, but they're, they're on the path to be. There's no way they're not going to be making an Instagram for fetus haven. <laughs> okay, they have baby line. Well, no, it's Alessi now. So Alessi and they are the like, Lundike twins. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, it's like kind of genius. Hold on. Alessi. On one hand, it is, sure, get money any way you can get money. But the thing that's weird about this is like these kids do not have any say yeah. in their entire life being on the internet for everyone and on one hand it's like okay well they're clearly making a lot of money from these accounts that could then go to the child like you know what I mean the kid could turn 18 and be like look at all this money we have for you to go to college or like whatever it is so in that sense I'm like okay maybe that's nice but then I'm like I don't know wait okay so I pulled up uh Ari and Lauren have an Instagram page for all their children. Mm-hmm. Um, Alessi, their oldest daughter, it was originally Baby Lion Dyke, and Ari took photos of Lauren pregnant every single month, and then they told you how big she was compared to like mm-hmm. a random fruit, basically. And that's what built up the account. And now they just obviously changed the name from Baby Lion Dyke to Alessi Lion Dyke, because that's her name. Now the account has almost 350,000 followers, and the account is all photos of Alessi, but the captions are like written firsthand. So it's like Alessi's saying it. I'm looking at one and she goes, really feeling this Arizona fall weather. Like she's two. Why is she talking like this? So yeah, I mean, it's genius though, because by the time this girl hits high school, this is probably- Well, that's also my question too. When do they transition the Instagram to be run by the child? Like, at what point will they be like, here, Alessi, here is your Instagram with 300,000 followers. Oh, my God. Like, the modern day. You know how some parents will be like, oh, like, I've been saving money for you since you were a baby. Here's your bank account with blah, blah, blah to do buy a car or give college. Like, the modern day version of that is like, here you go, sweetheart. Here is an Instagram account I've built for you since birth. Right. Here's your monetization tool. And here is the contact for FabFitFun. Literally. Go prosper. So... I feel like at your right, Ashley and Jared are probably going down the Lauren and Ari path. 
we'll see we'll see if uh, future baby Haven gets an Instagram page. Maybe we'll find out on Amazon Live. Tune in. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of weird ways to make money, a friend of the show, Ben Higgins, actually revealed on the Almost Famous podcast that he actually sells videos of his feet. Well, first off, friend of the show, Ben Higgins, is he allowed to be called anything else ever again? Ben Higgins, Ben, it's always friend of the show, Ben Higgins, ever since we've made our piece. F-O-T-S, Ben Higgins. Is it weird that this is, like, not that crazy to me? No, it's, well... Probably yes, because it's crazy. But just the context of this, they were talking about Cameo, which we love to talk about here on the show. Ashley says that on Cameo, Jared sometimes gets asked to include his feet in the video, and Jared gets really creeped out because like he doesn't want to do that, so he doesn't. He declines yeah. those offers, and Ben says that he doesn't mind, and he does it, and basically films his feet and talks in the background. Have you ever gotten any weird requests like that, like through Cameo? Because you're very popular on Cameo. Uh. Jared one time got a request for his feet to be shown for this girl's birthday, yeah. and we we couldn't do it. We just know. And um, the the woman who requested was actually a little bit annoyed that yeah. we didn't let her know earlier that we were not going to show his feet. I've gotten a couple feet one. I choose to do those. Um, I, I, <laughs> I'm not kidding. You do. I do. I choose to do them. I'm like, at this point, I mean, what, what's the harm? In the, in, in, I mean, if they want to see my feet, they can see my feet. So how do you go about it? You say I, hello with your face and no, then you no, no, turn no. the camera? Face is never shown. I do a little, I, I move the feet left and right, do a little toe wiggle. I've got long toes. I can move them kind of like fingers. Okay, what, what does it say about me, though, that I'm, like, honestly, the more fucked up thing here is that uh, Ashley and Jared are selling their baby's name on <laughs> Amazon Live. That, to me, is more creepy than just a casual toe in a picture. Casual toes. I think it's more than his casual toe. I think it's his whole yeah. feet. <laughs> He's like, I have long toes that are kind of like fingers, and I can move them around a little bit. So can I also remind you guys that he charges $100 for a cameo? Go off, F-O-T-S, Ben Higgins, that's fine. However- How much that, for feet? That's, I'm assuming it's the same. So people, he's getting $100 for putting his casual toes in these videos. He must upcharge for feet though. That's insane. If he's like, like I'm a sorry, normal I'm... cameo is $100 <laughs> and a foot cameo is also $100, I'm sorry. Like it needs to be at least like four times the price. He's like, sorry, I'm going to have to charge you a premium if you want to see I my feet. I think so. I think that's only fair. Like, yeah. It's fucking weird. He should definitely reevaluate that and go yes, back to the pricing. Bad business model. Right. Yes. Bad business model. Like my. Ugh, what are... I like need to get to the foot side of the internet. How do I send feet pics? <laughs> I'm keeping that in the podcast. I want people to respond. <laughs> Jackie's like, please. <laughs> Would you do it? Would you get on the foot side of the internet? I don't care to get on the foot side of the internet. All right, so guys, hit me up for your, for the feet pics. And what is the going rate? It has to be more than $100 for the camera. Yeah. Yeah, if you've gotten a foot video from Ben, please write in and tell us how much you paid. And did or you pay from a, anyone, a Or if someone has asked you for a foot video. Well, this may get weird. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it is getting weird, but I'm happy to, to go there. Okay. Well, I, all I want to know is the Ben, F-O-T-S Ben video. Uh, did you pay a premium? Did you mm -hmm. see toes? Did you see one toe? Did you see ten? And what was he doing? Does he wiggle his feet? Does he, like, do a little dance? Like, what exactly is he doing with his feet? And what is he talking about in the background? Could you imagine? 
Ben Higgins, laying on the couch, putting his feet up in the air, and he's like, hey, Julia, just want to wish you a happy birthday. Here's <laughs> ho, my ho, feet. Ho, it's Santa yeah. Ben Higgins. Yeah. Right. I almost want to just throw $100 at Cameo and be like, yo. Should we buy a, a foot pick from Ben Higgins? Yeah. I think we should. I think it's worth it. It's worth the investment. I think it's a good investment in the podcast, honestly. Yeah. We should, I think we should actually do that and then report back next episode. We'll see. Oh, he was so nice to us. We I know. I don't, I don't want to exploit him and like make fun of him. No, we cannot. And this is something like he's openly putting out there in the world. He wants us to know. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he's ashamed of it. I think that's beautiful. I think... Own it. Go off. This is, see, this to me is the proper way to earn money randomly. <laughs> not this is the proper your way. Ba- Feet videos. Not selling your baby's name. That's, like, I just think, like, this is more wholesome. Even though it's wholesome. probably not. This is, like, the opposite of wholesome. I can get on board with the fact that, like, yes, it is exploiting your child a little bit. It's a quick way to make a buck, whatever. Again, no one watches Amazon Live, so they're not going to get anything from it anyway. But, you know, I'm struggling to collect what my opinion on this is. Maybe it's yeah. because I have such a close relationship with friend <laughs> of the show, Ben Higgins. I don't know. That's only for you to decide. I don't know. Right. I really need to take some time. To marinate medit- on it. Yeah, marinate. I'm going to meditate using... Beach body on demand. And and think this through. Yeah. Okay. I like that journey for you. Okay, so side note, since Clayton's girls are all in like the best shape ever, it's really inspired me to want to work out more. But if it's one thing that stops me from going to the gym, it's driving in my car to the gym in the cold, and I just don't have the time or energy for that. So I recently started using Beach Body on demand and I am in love. So Beachbody gives you access to 1,500 of the hottest workouts from top trainers to your phone, tablet, TV, and you can work out whenever you want. I was literally doing a swing dance class last night at 10 o'clock in my living room, and I was done in 30 minutes. They also have a 10-minute booty blaster, which I'm really excited to try because it's 10 minutes, and that's convenient for me. You can go to beachbody.com slash batch, B-A-C-H, and get 14 days free. So there's literally no reason not to at least check it out. Also, please DM me if you do this and you find a class that you really like because I'm still exploring all that Beachbody has to offer and I'm looking for new classes to try. So join us and start free today. Go to beachbody.com slash batch, that's B-A-C-H, and get 14 days free. Bachelor Encounters, and if you're new here, that's when you guys send in your real-life stories with Bachelor alum in the wild, and we read it here on air. Are you ready for this? I am so ready. Okay. So, our first Bachelor Encounter is actually about our man, Clayton. Okay. Our very own Bachelor. Yes. So, someone writes in, One of my friends from college used to DM him back and forth last year, and she said he was extremely cringe. She said they never hung out. We are from Missouri, but they never hung out. But they snapped and texted quite a bit for like two weeks. And then he went off the radar, basically, and she didn't hear from him anymore, probably because he was off doing the show. She then sent me screen grabs of their conversation. Oh my god, my jaw's on the floor. I'm so excited. (laughs) She is right. It is cringe. So I will read it. Please do. This is where it picks up. It's like in the middle of the conversation, so bear with me. It is Clayton's first. I'm just a has-been now, so my glory days are behind me. 5'7 is solid. Just wanted to see how great the combination of our genes could be. I'm trying to retire at 50 with my future children being professional athletes. (laughs) 
Okay. Already I'm like, oh my God. I'll continue, but just for context, um, he asked for her height and measurements, yeah. I guess, because he wants to make sure that their genes together would make... Large children. <laughs> large children. Yeah. Okay. So she writes back. She says, oh, no, you're more than that. Because I guess he because re- he referred to himself as a husband. Right. She says, God had a, a big plan in store for you. And wow, I love the honesty and how much you think into things. I'm a little clumsy and awkward, though, at times. So it's not too promising. haha, regarding producing professional athletes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because this is what we're focusing on before even meeting. <laughs> right, 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 right. He says, I'm not actually thinking that far ahead. Uh, okay. Don't worry. There's no pressure. I'm a kid myself, so I don't even know if I can handle any of them on top of my own issues. Add me on Snap. Clayton7241. Okay. First of all, <laughs> I just love the, like, the immediate, like, without any breath, add me on Snap. It's, like, yeah. one full sentence. I have trauma. Add me on Snap. Like, literally, is what he's saying. Yeah, and we should check out if Clayton7241 is still active on Snap. Yes. Okay. I do think it's bizarre how he starts off by literally asking for her legit measurements to figure out if they would make large children large (laughs) enough for for his football team. Uh, The concept of large child (laughs) is really scary to me because I just picture like a very large six foot like baby. (laughs) Well, because like Clayton is a large child, you know? He just wants to produce more baby Claytons. I think it's weird to ask for measurements, and then right when she acknowledges that that's what you're doing, he's like, oh, I actually don't actually want kids right now. I couldn't handle anything. I have so much going on. Okay, bro, but, like, pick a lane, right? You know? Totally. It's also, to me, just so cringe. Maybe not necessarily cringe is the right word, but someone whose goal in life is to produce professional large sports offspring aim higher i guess he did like aim higher and now he's the bachelor so he will do more in his life but wow i'm just not wired that way i'm not a sports person like i do not care but some people i guess really are like that they're like my son needs to play football because i play football i'm like that's weird your son is gonna need therapy also like justice for small babies because why can't they also be you know superior athletes and why like the fact that he needs to know how tall she is calm down Clayton it's you're gonna be okay your children are gonna be fine whether or not they are what are we saying large babies (laughs) large babies I I wish I knew what tv show this is from but I'm picturing a very distinct large baby that's like Rugrats there it's not large what you talk, what, what, which Rugrat are you talking about? Well, I just, they are babies and I'm sure no, there's No, no, like no, no, large... there's, there's like a, it's some, it's a cartoon. I will Google this. It's a cartoon of, and it's like a, a literal six foot tall baby that, but they're like being scary to someone. That's the best I got right now. But that that's what I'm picturing Clayton's children to be like. Hi, this is Jackie from the future once again. I just wanted to let you guys know I felt that this note was very important. So I googled and the big baby that I am referring to is from Rugrats. It's from one episode where Angelica finds out that her mom might be pregnant with a sibling and she's so scared and her quote unquote baby brother is like massive and torturing her and he's so scary and he at one point becomes so large that he like eats her. So if you know, you know and... Back to the show. Goodbye. Bottom line, Clayton wants to produce large children. Um, He wants you to be (laughs) at least 5'7", I guess. And then if you, you know, 
want to talk about kids from there. He's going to just tell you that he doesn't actually really want kids right now. He's just kind of using it. Is this like a pickup line? Like, is this his way to flirt? Maybe, or maybe he just like doesn't really, you know how sometimes people just say things to say things, but they don't actually mean them, but they just can't think of something else to say. <laughs> I mean, Clayton, you could think of other things. Come on. Yeah, like want to go make Chipotle bowls. That's a nice right. pickup line. I'd prefer that. Not every single day, but if someone said one time, do you want to make a Chipotle bowl? I'd be like, okay. Do you want to make a yeah. six-foot baby? No, not <laughs> <Yeah>. really. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. So, you know, Clayton wow. is a little cringe in the DMs. I just, yeah, I feel like every single week we just get more insight into the elusive man that Clayton is. Just as we, for small babies moving on. Yeah, just as, yeah, exactly. Moving on, we have a little tea about Blake Menar, a.k.a. Claire's alleged new man, Last week, we talked about how Claire and Blake may be an item. They've been hanging out quite a bit, and we have uh, someone that wrote in with some info about Blake. So she said, our best friend's sister is Blake Menar's client at a gym in Arizona. Can you follow that thread? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, in my, my wheels are spinning, but yes, I think I follow that. She said, when he, Blake, found out that Claire was the bachelorette, he didn't want to go on the show because he wasn't interested. I know. He was fine leaving early from the show. She said she was shocked when he came back to the gym and the photos came out about him and Claire. But she said that he said he was happy now and seeing where it goes. So I think that's kind of interesting. Like, you know, maybe he didn't initially want to go on the show because he didn't know Claire. He didn't know what she yeah. was about. And maybe even after meeting her on the show, you get like a total of four minutes with the lead. So I'm happy that he gave it another chance now. And he's clearly saying that he's happy. So yes, I feel better about this story knowing that he is saying, oh, well, I'm happy now and we'll see mm -hmm. where it goes as opposed to just always being uninterested in Claire. Because it's definitely possible to just not know someone that well yeah, and not even realize maybe how much you like them until you really get to know them. Right. The friend is the one that was surprised that they were together because of how he felt about not wanting to go on the show. But, you know, things change, clearly. Yeah, they do. Well, cool. Okay. So our next uh, person that wrote in wrote, Hi, I'm a new listener, but I have a friend who spent New Year's Eve with Spencer from Michelle's season. Her and her friend saw him in New York City and thought he looked familiar, so they asked if he went to Florida State because I guess that's where they thought he was from. And he immediately responds and says, no, but I was on a TV show, <laughs> which nice. Uh, he then asked to meet up with them on New Year's Day. And when they did, they had to spend the entire day going around the city with him just to take Instagram pictures of him. That night, they all went out with all of his bachelor friends and they were extremely rude. And a few of Clayton's girls met up with them and were mean to my friend. One of them, Mara from Clayton's season, she's- okay. She's still on the season currently. Mm -hmm. Allegedly shoved my friend and kept asking her to move out of the way all night. Sorry if this was long and confusing. Don't be sorry. This was jam-packed with lots, so let's mm -hmm. unpack. So Spencer from Michelle's season. Well, I must say, first off, I literally just had to Google while you were saying that. Spencer, Michelle, Bachelorette, to remember who Spencer was. So it's just kind of crazy to me that he's playing this big, like, oh, yeah, I was on a TV show. Let's go around and take things for my Instagram, considering I didn't even remember who he was. Like, how long did he even last on the show? If you type in Spencer Bachelor Wiki. No, I know. I was looking at um, images. Let's see. He was eliminated in week TBA. It's like, okay, someone did not update this. Yeah, so a little ballsy of him to immediately say, no, but I was on a TV show. Like, were you, though? Let me see if there's any New York City pics on his Instagram. It's mostly basketball. 
I'm not. Oh, here's one. Oh, wait, this one's from January 2nd. It says brought in 2022 with new and old friends. So this is the Instagram Wait, this post. is like, wait, what is the picture? <laughs> okay, well, there, it's a swipe. So this is him. Mm-hmm. This is him with, uh, oh, wait, that's someone from the show. Oh, that's yeah, Olu were- from the show. Yes, she did say, I asked her about the guys that they were with, and she did mention him. Okay, yes, yeah, so this is another pic of him with Olu, some other men that I don't recognize. I don't, oh, here's one of him like posed in Times Square, which if I had to guess which photos were taken by these girls, it's probably this one because the rest were just like him standing at a bar. And that's the only one that's just him. And that's the only one that looks posed. This is a podcast first. We've never had a, a bachelor encounter where we were able to see evidence immediately. So this is coming full circle and I'm here for it. We have now seen the evidence of this day. Unfortunately, yeah, these girls were not in any pictures, but that's fine. I guess I don't understand how this all pieced together. Like, they run into this guy. They think he's from Florida State. He's not. They obviously thought he was someone else that they went to college with, I'm assuming. He's yeah. on a TV show. Then he, like, convinces them to just, like, follow him around the city the next day and take photos of him. And then all his friends were mean to them. Once he got his... Uh, got the shot. Right. <laughs> he's like, Square. okay. He's like, take a couple more of me in front of the Empire State Building and then mosey on over. Crazy. Out of all these other friends that are posted on the Instagram, you would think one of them could just right. do him a solid and take the photo as opposed to having these random girls follow him around all day. But, yeah. you know, you got to get the shot. That's all the Bachelor Encounters we have for this week. If you have an interesting story with a Bachelor alum and you want to submit it, go ahead and DM me at She's All Batch and we may read it on the air. Okay, so one of my resolutions in 2022 was to kind of focus more on my health and wellness. So in order to do that, I thought it would be a good idea to kind of see what was going on inside my body. And Everly Well has all of these great health tests you can do in the comfort of your own home. So Everly Well ships your at-home lab test straight to you with everything that you need for a sample collection. And then you use the prepaid shipping label and you can mail your test back to them to a certified lab and then in days a physician reviews your results and gives you actionable insights and they send it right to your device via email and you can share the results with your primary care physician and they can help guide you on your next steps based on your results. So it's all really organized and really easy. And so you have done the metabolism test. I'm in the process. It was so easy. I'm, and I'm really curious to get my results because basically what it's doing is it's measuring your free testosterone, cortisol, and thyroid stimulating hormone, which are three key hormones that help your body maintain a normal metabolism rate. And that affects how you gain weight and how you have energy. So just knowing that information is so, so helpful. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so metabolism is a really cool test that I definitely want to check out as well. But they also have food sensitivity tests, women's health, men's health, uh, male and female STD tests. So they have a lot that you can do in the comfort of your own home. And for listeners of the show, EverlyWell is offering a special discount of 20% off at at-home lab tests at everlywell.com slash batch. That's everlywell.com slash batch for 20% off your at-home lab test everlywell.com slash she's all batch. Okay. So we have Luke Paul here from Jojo season of the bachelorette. Luke, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. Awesome. So just going back to the beginning is Jojo who you wanted to be as the lead when you first went on the show? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought we had the most in common out of the, you know, the possibilities of who might be on there. 
And, uh, and then, and I think in fact we did. So that was, that was a lot in my favor. So that, that made it, you know, more natural for me than some of the other guys probably. Because, um, Kayla Quinn was like, didn't she like shoot her package and stuff? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't sure what they all, what all happened before we started filming. Um, but I know that there was, you know, an open-ended discussion about who it was going to end up being, um, up until the day we showed up. So we, we didn't know. Um, until till day one of filming so that was uh you know a fun suspense uh and, su- and surprise to start out with so yeah speaking of last minute change-ups obviously you're no stranger to that um you were supposed to be the bachelor <laughs> on next season right so can you yeah. like shed some light on this story this is so wild to me uh yeah so you know apparently it's obviously the first time i would ever done anything like that but they uh they go through and, um, you know, interview different people, a few, a few different people throughout the summer and, you know, um, kind of just kind of gauge and, and wait until the, I guess the point of it is, is to see how that, how the audience responds and, and those type of things to, um, the airing of the prior show. And then as that comes to an end and they're able to take their options and, and make contractual, you know, monetary decisions on their end to make, uh, you know, character decisions and those casting decisions that I'm, I don't know all what goes into that, but, um, any, I think there's a lot of variables that, that, you know, attribute to who they finally pick in the end. So, so, but when did you find out that you weren't going to be the pick? Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I, I had a plane ticket and everything to go film the announcement show um and yeah and so that was I was literally you know I had it had kind of put a uh you know crossed all my t's dotted all my i's and and had my schedule cleared for like the next three months of filming and had talked (laughs) to like the the uh the stylist and had talked through all the contractual pieces with the lawyers and had gone to LA for a couple trips and visited with Warner Brothers and visited with ABC and visited with the uh, with the next um uh, production team and all the, all that stuff. And so, and then I'm like, okay, here we are. So I know what I'm doing for the next three months. Um, checked in my flight. And then I, I, uh, like 11 PM the night before my flight, uh, the next morning to LA from Nashville, I, they can get, get, call me and uh, I'm on a conference call and I'm like, Hey, I think we're going to go in a different direction. So <laughs> that was, uh, that sounds like something that would be, uh, you know, orchestrated on the airing of a show. I mean, it, it really right. would it, Mm-hmm. that would if they would have had cameras filming that whole situation i think that would have made for great tv because uh, my jaw obviously dropped i was like what in the world what, what what is going on i was so confused like why i would get um taken into the final 11th hour and then uh and it dropped like that so you know whatever it it is what it is but uh it was quite the uh dramatic ending to that casting yeah. process I agree. That would have been good TV. So did they say these words to you, like that you are the bachelor and then take it back? And did you sign a contract or anything? Yeah, I, I signed a contract. Um, at, we had a few weeks of maybe a couple weeks of negotiations. Um, I signed a contract and then, you know, we talked two or three times a week on the phone with producers while I'm back in Nashville, you know, just carrying on with life and kind of preparing for this. And, um, and then, like I said, we had the stylist conversations and they're like, okay, we're gonna do fittings come out for this. Here's the date of the announcement show. Um, the lawyer called me, you know, four or five, six times, whatever that was to negotiate that. And then, um, you know, I had an attorney kind of interpret this long, 
uh, convoluted, you know, contract. I had never seen any type of long casting contract that was way longer than it was just being, uh, you know, on the initial bachelorette season. So I got a lawyer to look over that for me and, uh, didn't really know what I was getting into. And then, and then just kind of went from there and finally we, we signed everything and, um, yeah, I got a plane ticket. So I was like, okay, well, sounds good. We'll see you guys out there. And then, and then over that week, over that weekend, apparently, uh, the paradise show wrapped and, um, and Nick Vile was, uh, swooped swooped in there over the weekend so yeah can i ask what you said back like i'm assuming this was a quick phone call what did you say in response to that yeah i was like okay well i was like guys it's a little just i was just confused you know i was caught off guard and uh you know they were like oh it's nothing personal we love you we want to work with you in the future we want to do all these things got big plans it's just you know the there's some decision makers above our pay grade basically that have you know made some decisions and and we're just you know the bears are bad news and and which is you know that's tough because those are producers that i had you know long-term relationship with that i was talking to um but you know there is three or four different levels of making those decisions um and they're they're somewhere in that process so in your contract did you guys talk about um money or did you like decide on a number that you would be paid for the bachelor our listeners love money stuff so we always ask stuff like this yeah absolutely um you know it's not in the cards at all when you uh are casted for one of 30 because there's a a line out the door a random people off the street who are coming to be either uh you know on a bachelor or bachelorette season so um, then when you when you actually get casted as a lead, then everyone gets compensated as you would for any other television contract, television show, fiction, or any any type of series. Um, and so that's a part of it is they give you a compensation um, schedule or whatever and say, okay, you're going to make X number of dollars up front. And then uh, when the first episode airs, you get paid again. When the last episode airs, you get paid again, um, proportionally or respectively. And so uh yeah so then you know they they obviously have a number i don't know how they come up with those numbers necessarily um i think you know i had i don't know fortunately or unfortunately i had uh visited with sean Lowe, um who was a bachelor i can't remember what season he was but you guys know sean and Catherine. and so i i'd had i had lunch with sean and then i'd also talked i think briefly by that point with um chris souls and where else? I, there was a couple of different just resources I had talked to that had uh, experience from the past and, and kind of knew what some of those folks had made, or at least informally knew what some of those folks had, had made on their contracts and what they were offered and those type of things. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, so they, they have a, a lawyer just call and kind of get you to verbally negotiate a, a price for what your time is worth for, you know, six to nine months of obligations or whatever it takes to film and then come back and do all the follow on shows and any, and it says in your contract, anything that they need from you for a 12 month period that they can pull you, they have the right to pull you to, to attend any event, film any, uh, after series or anything like that, um, in your contract. So basically that you're basically con, you know, you're basically working on an annual contract of, of a compensation, just like you would do, or an employment, just like you would anywhere else. So would you give a range, like a number range? Yeah. I mean, I, we're not supposed to say, I think that okay. was probably even in there is it's like a, a, 
an NDA is their sign and stuff like that. So yeah, not, no that, not that it doesn't leak through the grapevine, yeah. probably. I could guess, but yeah, no worries. I'll say it wasn't anywhere any I'll say it wasn't anywhere near what um Nick uh threw out the other day on Jason Tardick's podcast. I'll say that. Did he say a hundred grand? He said five hundred. Oh, I didn't hear that. On Jason Tardick's uh podcast. Yeah. So that's when a couple of different outlets couple outlets reached out specifically about that and they're like wow is that really what you asked for et cetera, et cetera. i was like no not not anywhere near that wait do you think <laughs> that's what he got there's no way no he was saying that producers or somebody told him that i was asking for something like a half oh, a million you. dollars or something oh mm-hmm. sorry i thought you were talking about what nick said like bachelors get offered as a standard i didn't know he was talking about you that's crazy yeah yeah yeah, he, he said that he thought he knew, you know, what I asked for or something to that effect. So what are your thoughts on Nick? Because I when ABC and Chris Harrison had to address that you weren't The Bachelor because everyone was told that you were or it was implied yeah. that you were. And Chris Harrison made a weird statement and basically was like, um, ABC is basically ultimately looking for someone who's sincerely looking for love, which is like implying that they didn't think that you were sincerely looking for love. What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I don't know. I think anytime whoever that case would be applicable to, they would just say, Hey, here's the bullet points of, of what we're looking for. Right. Um, there, it just, I think those were just buzz, buzz statements for him, canned statements. We're looking for someone yeah. who's here, genuinely looking for love, who, who's here for the right reasons. Who's, you know, all those type of things. So, yeah. Um, Did you watch, uh, what was that Nick season? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I watched the, uh, the, uh, the initial show i watched that one um the premiere and then that was about it i just watched that one and then kind of trailed off after that but um but yeah it was it was fun to watch i mean it's just i I think i learned later down the road after the dramatic uh switch up that you know uh tv is very unpredictable and casting is unpredictable i've talked to other people since then that i've gotten casted for other shows like um, you know, Amazing Race or other networks and, and those type of things. And uh, it's just a very long, drawn out process and they can change at any time um, just at, you know, on a whim. And they're like, ah, we just got a weird gut feeling. Maybe we need somebody different for this role, you know, and it's kind of this very uh, subjective um, process of casting um, all the way up to the very end until the cameras are rolling. And then and then they're locked in on their budget at that point and they can't start over. So uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I, I was just asking about Nick specifically because I feel like since he's been the bachelor, he's like admitted that he used it as a stepping stone for his career. So it was just odd that like, yeah, they would make a comment I, like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's exactly, I think that's ironic because that in the last 10 years, at least since bachelors have become very trendy um, and social media has become another outlet and vehicle for people to have a career based off of their, um, you know, their character on reality TV, which wasn't really, you know, Trista Sutter and those people back then, they couldn't really have a follow on career. It was like, it was a reality show. And then once the show's done, the tabloids are done. That's really all you had. We were, there was no podcast really going in 2010. There was there was barely Instagram had just started. Twitter had just started. So those vehicles that they were able, that now they're able to connect with their fans, connect with brands, monetize, all that stuff was not even a thing. Um, 
but now it is. And so I think I would, if people were being honest, I think ever since that's been able to, to, uh, you know, be a feasible, uh, career over the last probably seven years, probably kind of that started like the year or two before, uh, maybe 2014 and 15, people were starting to get that brands were starting to come into that space and, and all these activations and events and companies were coming in and they're paying, um, your people like, you know, um, Caitlin Bristow and Sean Booth and those guys, uh, they started making a lot of money on, on follow on events and brand activations and things like that. And so, um, everyone after that, you know, it's, it's tough for them to probably not be distracted by that as a motivation for, you know, uh, or at least they, it, to vie for their attention of saying, well, I'm here for a relationship, obviously, right. but at the same time, I, I'm also trying to see how much I'm very flattered by how much money I can make outside of this. And so then that's where this is, have, has kind of evolved to that uh, being very normal. So you've got guys like Colton and, and Matt James and people like that. Now they're writing books. They have a Netflix special. They have, you know, their own podcast that's sponsored by iHeart. You know, they've got Ben and Ashley are going on tour and they've got 150 shows in theaters across, you know, coast to coast and tour buses. So like it's gotten very commercialized um, in the last five to seven years. So, yeah, we like to ask people, um, we're all about kind of calling out like the producer behind the scenes manipulation. Could you share something that was portrayed on TV very differently than how it actually happened? Um, Yeah, there was some like small things uh, I could share. Um, So we, you know, the the dates you compete um, for time or attention. And, um, so we had a group date. The first one that I was on in my season was the, it was a fireman date. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. And we, Mm -hmm. we went to a, we went to a local fire Academy and you go through these off. So courses, um, you do all these like competitive, uh, events. And so we had a real fireman was Grant from the Bay area. He was a real actual firefighter. And so I think that it was kind of designed from the beginning for him to win. And he did. And you would think he would probably be pretty close to it, but I will say, and, and, uh, he knows it's true as well is I lost on a technicality in that competition and I was supposed to win that. And, what and was I got the technicality. Called. It was like a seatbelt. We put dummies on like a stretcher at, and before we could run to the tower and then climb the tower to go like, uh, rescue the damsel in distress at the top of the tower, you know, like they had it set up. Like it was a a fairy tale or whatever. But um, anyway, so uh, there was like a seatbelt that wasn't latched or something on this, like put a dummy on a stretcher and you had like strap it down. And then apparently they're like, oh, you didn't, you didn't like tighten that seatbelt down on that dummy. They're like, come back, come back. Cause I was like the first one, that was the last obstacle before you like climb the uh, tower. And I was the uh, first one done up until that point. And then, so I lost time there and then Grant got in front of me and, and beat me so um but it was pretty it was still pretty funny it still turned out okay we had we had a great time why do you think they wanted him to win because he was a firefighter no i know but like was there any other aspects after he won that they like used as a moment for the show yeah i think i i think they just expected him to win you know and then and then also they everything's like hunger games where you know, if it makes, if it makes for better TV, if they, if they, at that point, it was pretty early on, but they saw that there was some type of uh, spark or chemistry between like Jojo and myself in the first day or two. And then that's coming up. Then they're like, okay, well, 
we can't make it. He can't just like have it that easily. Let's, 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 let's stress yeah. him out. Let's make it, make it a little harder, make him work for it. Um, right. you know, they like to create Cinderella stories, comebacks, drama. And so they just start, you know, moving those pegs in and out at that point. Um, and that's where I started under understanding that production was, um, very calcu calculated in every P every conversation, every competition, everything that was happening. So, um, because if you notice over, over, over time, uh, you know, the shows year by year, you see the same trends, like, oh my God, the same dramatic thing happened. Oh, oh, here comes like somebody had to get evacuated out by ambulance because somebody's bleeding yeah. or whatever. And so it's just inevitable. They find a way for those type of things to happen every year, you know? So pretty funny. Yeah. With that date, um, Wells also had like a little bit of an issue. Was any of that staged to like have his moment with Jojo or was that real? Um, I think that well, Wells is, uh, he, he's a showman, you know, um, he, he's very self-aware. He knows what he was doing. I think he was probably ahead of the rest of us. Um, and maybe even ahead of the TV crew in, in, in that sense where I think he, he knew exactly what he was doing. You know what I mean? It, he played, he knew that was the character that was most fitting for him. It was a role that like, he's like, well, I know what I look like. I know who I am. I know what, what this all looks like on camera. I think he could visualize that. He's like, okay, so I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to just completely pass out. And then, you yeah. know, it's like, have you got, have you guys ever seen the Sandlot? Yeah. With, uh, yeah, yeah. The movie. And then where that kid like acts like he drowns or whatever. And the lifeguard right. has to come yeah. save him. Uh, what's her name? Peppercorn, Wendy Peppercorn or whatever. And so I think Wells, you know, he like had his Wendy Peppercorn moment where he's like, oh, I'm just going to act, act like I'm passed out and then and then I'll get more attention that way. But uh, it's oh funny, God. the different the different strategies that people come up with um, and during that time. But. That's hilarious. I love that one. So tell us about your life now. I know fans would love to hear what you have going on today. Um, well, I'm sitting on a tailgate in Texas today. I've got this uh, background up here. Um, this is a child trafficking charity that um, I'm on the board of directors for two charities. One's Operation Lightshine, which is the one in the background that you see here. Um, and then another one is called Creative Vets. And uh, we um, bring wounded veterans into Nashville and it'll set them up with hit songwriters, take them backstage at the Grand Ole Opry, let them write a song, be coached through that process. And it's very therapeutic. Um, and, and allows them to be able to tell their story through music and arts. Um, so that's the veteran charity. Um, and then Operation Light Shine um, is a, well, now it's a, it's a global partnership. Um, and, and we are currently funding and, uh, and, and rescuing um, trafficking victims um, in multiple countries, as well as domestically here in the U.S. So um, those are two things that I stay very busy with. I uh, started doing commercial real estate a few years ago, very busy with that. And um, yeah, and of course, my time in Nashville, um, I had a great time learning to be a songwriter and, and put music out and kind of learn that process. I think everyone in Nashville, you kind of, if you live there long enough, you get the bug and, and you, mm -hmm. uh, you want to be involved in, in everything that's going on there. So um, yeah, that's, that's what we're up to, so that's amazing. You have a lot of really, really cool things going on. Are you still doing music, like actively pursuing a music career? Not as a primary career. So I still, you know, have a lot of, a lot of friends that are producers and musicians and artists and all those things. So, you know, here and there, um, we'll, we'll, uh, go in the studio, record something and, 
and put it out. So that's, it's just more of a hobby now. So especially after COVID happened and everybody stopped doing live shows there for a little bit. And so at that point for me, I just, I just never started doing live shows again. So, or at least yeah. up until this point. So there, I'm sure there'll be a day where I do some more, but, um, for now I'm, I'm really happy with what I'm doing and, and just working hard and, and having a great time. Oh, I'm so happy you're doing so well. And you're doing, I love the, <laughs> um, the charity work you're doing. That's, that's really amazing. Where can everyone uh, find you on social or anywhere else? Yeah. We're, I mean, all the, all the socials still there. It's a, uh, it's Luke Pell at everything. So I, uh, I did get a tick. I did get a TikTok. I don't know if you have one. Um, so all the kids are doing these days. I, I feel <laughs> old now that I, I've TikTok. I've just not, it's not resonating with me. I'm like, man, I don't know if I have the energy to go out here and uh, try to, or the dance moves to try to go out here and do any of these viral TikToks. <laughs> I found your page. I got Instagram. I got Twitter. Oh, thank you. Oh, very yeah. nice. Very nice. We, um, so. when we do some promotions for this episode, I'll, um, put, I usually put together some promo. So I'll, now that I know you're on TikTok, I'll tag you if you want to, um, do anything <laughs> with <right>. it. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'll throw it out there. Perfect. This was so fun. I really appreciate yeah. you squeezing us in and you're great. I'm glad you nailed me down because it was, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at scheduling things these days. Totally so, good. but I'm glad we got it done. I really enjoyed the visit and, uh, best of luck with this podcast. Can't wait to hear it come out. Yeah. Uh, it'll too. be probably next week. So I'll DM you when it's up. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Thank you guys. All right, bye. Bye Luke. All right. So bye. Have a good night. Okay, so if you guys have seen this She's All Batch Instagram page, you know that we are doing a giveaway with friend of the show Ben Higgins and giving away three 12-ounce bags of his generous coffee. All you have to do to enter is make sure that you are subscribed to the She's All Batch podcast, which you obviously should be anyway, and then just go to the video of Ben explaining the giveaway on my page and just comment so you are officially entered. We'll randomly choose and announce the winners next week. And that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a review if you like what you hear. Make sure to follow She's All Batch on Instagram. Make sure to follow me at Jackie Maroney underscore. And if you're a true diehard fan, join our Facebook group. We're already having a lot of fun conversations with all of you guys who have joined thus far. It's a great way to build a little community of people who love the show. We also wanted to do shout out of the week. And this week's shout out goes out to Grace. 354 who initially um gave us a not so great review on apple podcast which is totally fine you know everyone's entitled to their opinion respect and she basically said that she loved the idea of the podcast but she didn't think our execution was that great i think she gave us one or two stars so not to shoot our own horn but we get mostly positive reviews so obviously this one stood out to us and then we realized on friday grace 354 changed her review and said update these two have shown a ton of improvement since my last review i think this is going to be a great podcast as it continues to improve and changed it to four stars so shout out to you grace thank you for believing in us and thanks for coming back after saying you didn't like us at first and she came back and we changed her mind and you know what my motto for 2022 is you could be the juiciest peach in the world and there's still going to be people that don't like peaches and that's something i am embracing with myself that's fine if you if you guys if you don't want to yeah truly no hate to grace no we love you like yeah if she didn't like it she didn't like it 
Um, but I'm glad that we were able to change her mind, and I'm glad that she gave us a second chance. Yeah, and now that we gave you shout-out of the week, Grace, why don't you bump that up to five? <laughs> yeah, we need a full five stars. None of this four. She's probably waiting for us to, like, <laughs> further prove that we're worthy of the fifth star. So whenever you're ready, whenever yeah, we Whenever earn you it. feel that we earn that fifth star, feel free to change it. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. Bye, bitches. Bye.